Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. She's still lactating. Yeah, no, there's still milk. Let me see. Oh. I used to okay. do this. We're just gonna. Yeah, I have no shame. Nope. No, it's not coming out. It is, totally. Oh, it is. Holy sh! You are lactating. I think that's so beautiful, by the way. Thank you. I thought I had seen it all on The Real Housewives until this week on Orange County, one of the wives reached across the dinner table and milked the other one. Oftentimes, people come up to me and they say, how could you watch that trash? They refer to The Real Housewives as a guilty pleasure, as an embarrassment to society. And you know what I say? I say, where else on TV are you going to find women of a certain age dealing with marriage, divorce, being sisters, wives, mothers, friends, business women? I stick up for these women and I fight tooth and nail trying to explain to people that it's important that we watch these women on TV. But you know what? This week, I didn't know how to defend that. One of the wives reached across the table, flicked the other one's nipple, and milked her. I could not believe my eyes. And look, I'm pretty open. I think it's important that women are able to showcase their bodies however they want and do whatever they want with their bodies. But at a dinner table, in front of a chef, in front of a bartender, in front of these poor people who are on TV and had to deal with this, to watch one wife pull out her tit and get milked by another wife. Now, if this was a mother, I'd say bravo. I'd say brave. Do that. That's important to show on TV, a mother uh, getting milk for her youngin. However, this wasn't for your youngin. This was for another wife named Kelly Dodd, who just reached across the table, twisted the other one's nipple, and got some milk. I could not believe my eyes. And again, I think it's important that women do what they want with their bodies. And I think it's important to show different things uh, on TV of things that women do with their bodies. But this was just, I thought, maybe a step too far, something that we could not come back from, and something I didn't know that I wanted to see. When that was happening, I said, Valerie Cherish, I don't need to see that. Note to self, I don't need to see that. It was, it was a lot for my eyes. And again, I applaud the editors, I applaud Bronwyn, I applaud them all for doing something different. However, it was something that I thought, I don't know how I would defend this. If somebody walked into the room and said, what is this you're watching? I'd say, I don't know. That was one moment where I thought, you know what, I would probably just lie, I'd change the channel really quick. Like if (laughs) someone like walked into the room as I was watching this, that Maybe I didn't know very well, and all of a sudden they saw on the television Kelly Dodd milking Bronwyn, the new housewife. I'd say, I'm not watching this, and I'd flip the channel to sports or something. I don't know. I'd have to flip it, because I I don't know how I'd defend that. I don't know how I'd say it's important for us to see one of the housewives milk another one. I don't know how I would defend that. It was just something. You know, oftentimes I go on my Instagram and I put clips and I make silly memes about these shows. And I was going to make a meme of it. I thought, I don't even know how to show this. <laughs> I'm not sure that the people need to see it again. I don't know that I need to subject other people to seeing one housewife milk another one. 
I said on Twitter, you know, on that uh, scene from Meet the Parents. Remember that movie with Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller and Queen Icon legend Blythe Danner? Remember there was a scene where they were at the dinner table and Greg, played by Ben Stiller, was saying uh, he could milk a cat. And then Robert De Niro famously said, I have nipples, Greg, could you milk me? I, I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Okay, could we change subject, perhaps? And we all laughed. We all laughed as we saw that in the late 90s. I think it was 99 or early aughts. We all laughed because we thought, there's no way Ben Stiller's going to milk Robert De Niro at the table, but it's funny that they mentioned it. Well, here in the year 2019, we saw two adults, uh, one reaching across the dinner table and milking them. And let me tell you something, I don't think the writers of Meet the Parents thought this would happen. I don't think we'd find that scene so shocking anymore. But I'll tell you what, they are really pushing the boundaries over the Real Houses of Orange County. And I'd been also saying that this season's amazing. I've been telling everyone they're back on track. And then that scene aired and I thought, mm-mm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe Danny's been seeing through rose-colored glasses. I don't know. I don't know, but it was very tough to watch. It was. And I love these shows, but that was a moment where I almost changed the channel. I thought, what else is on? What else can I turn it to? Do I need to put on TLC? Maybe I need to check back into 90 Day Fiance. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, the episode went along otherwise, and it's an image that I'll never forget. I'm sorry for harping on this. What are we going on four minutes of me talking about Bronwyn getting milked by Kelly Dodd? But I've never seen anything like it. And I won't get it out of my head. It's haunting me. It's Halloween season, and I'm most haunted by Bronwyn getting milked at a dinner table. They should air that on American Horror Story. Call up Ryan Murphy and show him that scene. And I'd like to see Sarah Paulson playing, uh, what's her name? Bronwyn. (laughs) That's the next season, I'll tell you what, because that was haunting. Haunting. And again, I don't want it to seem like I'm judging a woman whose natural body is supposed to make milk. And that's a beautiful thing. I'm, that's a beautiful thing when I see mothers in public or wherever they are making that. It's a wonderful thing to make for their offspring. But for Kelly Dodd, I don't think Kelly Dodd needed that nourishment. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, this week's Real Houses of Orange County was a continuation of our Miraval trip. We open with a little bit of a countdown, which was unusual to me. It was a weird opening. It was like 20 hours earlier, then five hours earlier, then three and two, and now. So they showed us like a time frame of this trip, and this trip has obviously been a disaster, a true disaster. And we're still there, and I think it's been a pretty good trip. It's been interesting and compelling, a little dark, but uh, we open on Kelly walking away from Vicky. They were in that fight after the yoga thing. and. Vicky reveals, after Kelly walks away, that Kelly can't go to her daughter's school. This is a rumor that she heard. And then Tamara says, what do you mean? You know, Tamara being a shitster. She's like, what do you mean, Vicky? She can't go to the school. And Vicky says, she doesn't know where she heard it. She just heard that she couldn't go to her daughter's school. And we've seen this from Vicky time and time again. She throws out an allegation, has no proof to back it up. And it's really kind of bad, because this is even about the daughter. I mean, all the allegations have been bad that Vicky's been thrown out the cocaine, the train, and then now this is about the daughter's school. And this would really send me over the edge because I'd be like, this is about my daughter and her school. And I'm feeling very bad for Jolie. Jolie is going through too much with all of this. Jolie's involved in all of it. She's a young girl. And 
she's dealing with her mom. And even there was a scene later with uh, Kelly in the hot tub or in the pool, and Kelly FaceTimed Jolie without any clothes on, and she was telling Jolie about this. And I thought, Jolie doesn't need to be involved in this. I- I'm not a parent, but I feel like Jolie's got a lot of pressure on herself, and she's always got to deal with all her mom's drama with her friends. And so I'm feeling very bad for Jolie. And now Jolie's friends at school are going to be like, oh, I heard your mom can't come. You know, I just don't like it all around. Vicky should know better. I think Kelly should keep her. They should all keep Jolie's name out of their mouth. Quite frankly, I'm sick of it for Jolie. Justice for Jolie. Hashtag justice for Jolie. I'm sick of it. We need to think about Jolie's feelings. She's a young girl. She's in the throes of adolescence. That's a tough time for any of us. I can't imagine dealing with my mom on television and all her friend drama coming on me. It's too much. It's too much. Anyway, then we cut to Bronwyn and Kelly and Emily at their villa. Uh, Right away, Emily tells Kelly about the school thing. She tells about the rumor. And Kelly loses it. She calls Michael immediately. And I would lose it, too. She, She just calls Michael immediately. And she says, Michael, am I not allowed to go to Jolie's school? I think they were saying, like, on Jolie's school or something. It was like the way they were phrasing it was funny. Anyway, Kelly's losing it. And she's screaming. She's pouring water as she's, like, screaming at Michael and on the phone. She's calling Vicky a fucking, an effing bitch. I don't know why I censored myself. <laughs> like, that fucking B. That effing B. Anyway, she's hysterical. And I would be, too. I'd be so pissed. And then, meanwhile, Vicky, Gina, Tamara, and Shannon are in their villa. And Tamara's saying to Vicky, you can't say things like that. And I'm thinking, Tamara, <laughs> we've seen you say things like that. You know? And last week on the show, I revealed that Tamara unfollowed me, and I thought, why did she unfollow me? And then people rightfully DM'd me and said, maybe it's because at your live show, you took a poll of the audience and everyone clapped when you said that Tamara should be taken off the sh- show. <laughs> so maybe that's why. Maybe it's the unofficial polling I did at the live shows where Everyone seemed to think that Tamara needed to be removed from the program. But Tamara still unfollowed me. And you know what? It's okay. It's her prerogative. She's allowed to unfollow and follow who she wants. Quite frankly, I wasn't following Tamara either. So the fact that she blocked me, it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, sometimes my memes and stuff are annoying. Sometimes I post them and I think, oh, you're annoying. Anyway, um, Kelly then calls Shannon at the other villa. And these phone calls are just so funny. I would love to see Kelly on the phone with like Time Warner. Or AT&T, you know, like dealing with some sort of issue, like trying to cancel her cable. Because <laughs> her language, she was just like so angry. And that's how I get when I'm on the phone with those companies. And I just thought Kelly would be so funny to watch, like trying to cancel her cable or get out of her gym membership or something. <laughs> she's just, You're a goddamn liar. She's like so mad. She's so mad. She called Vicky an effing pig BC. BC word. B and then C. See, uh, I'll see you next Tuesday, in the words of J- DJ James Kennedy. Anyway, then Vicky tells Tamara she needs to pick sides. And it's like, Vicky, you really did start this. And Vicky said she got mad at Emily for telling Kelly about the school rumor. And it's like, come on. Vicky said, I would never do that. And then the editors, the brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, just shaded Vicky and they cut back to 30 minutes earlier. <laughs> I love them. I love them. I love them. Anyway, then uh, someone at Miraval arrives with Bloody Marys, and Shannon sends everyone a beehive a text. She said, a beehive, you all better behave, because we're going to the beehive. And that was such a Shannon thing to do. <laughs> such a, sometimes I love, I don't know, sometimes I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm turning on Shannon, I'm liking her again. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But then 
Shannon comes out with the leggings, and I think I turn on her again because she came out with the leggings with everyone's face on it. And she's like, get the leggings on and put a smile on your face and get over it. Eck! She's just being so annoying. <laughs> she's very annoying. And in some ways, maybe I dislike it because I feel I see myself in her. I'm not sure. But she gets the leggings with everyone, and Kelly doesn't go to the beehive thing. She gets in the jacuzzi naked, and that's when she calls uh, Jolie on the phone. She FaceTimes. And I thought, maybe she didn't need a FaceTime because she was naked. Ah, seemed a little bit a thing to me. And then right after she got off the phone with her in that jacuzzi, she went right up to the jet and she's like, oh, it's on my vagina. It's on my vag. And Kelly just, she has the sensibilities of a 12-year-old boy. And it's funny to me. <laughs> she was late, later on in the episode, she was saying such things that a 12-year-old boy would say. And I liked it. Anyway, at the beekeeper thing, we have this man, Noel. Noel, Shannon wanted to fuck Noel. And everyone had on those costumes. Tamara was really trying to push Noel on Shannon. And look, I am so fascinated by honey, and I find honeycombs like so mesmerizing. I don't know if you ever see those videos on the on uh, Twitter or or YouTube. You could just watch these satisfying videos where it's like honey coming out of the honeycombs, and I could watch that for hours. I find it so relaxing. It's like ASMR or something. Like I just want to see the honey coming out, and I don't know what the scene was for. Really, it was just a random scene that didn't seem to have any meat to it. And I thought, why are we seeing this honey scene, but we didn't see the scene where Kelly drew Vicky's face on a car and then smashed it? Why are we just seeing a flashback of that one, but we're seeing the full beekeeper scene? I don't know. Although it's important to show the bees. The bees, we got to show the bees. Bees are important. I don't want to get into it, but I Google it. Bees are important. And that's not what this podcast is about, but you know what? Google bees. <laughs> I'm not talking Beyonce. Although Google Beyonce, too, it's important. Anyway, Noel, he uh, was a gem and he was cute. I like this Noel. I would have liked it if one of the ladies hooked up with him because he was cute. Meanwhile, uh, again, Kelly was in the tub. Uh, Let's see. Then we cut to, afterwards, Emily and Gina hang back and chat. And Emily said she felt abandoned by Gina. And then they sort of have this argument where it's like they're both fighting over whose life is worse. And Emily, look, Emily's got a lot going on with her husband who didn't pass the bar and who's being an asshole. And then Gina's got the ex-husband who's an asshole, and she's trying to just get her head above water. And so they both have a lot going on, and they really need to be there for each other because they, I feel, could commiserate through all of the things that they're going through. And I feel like they could lean on each other. So I hope they get back on the same page, although I don't think they do. I was... I saw a clip of Gina on Watch What Happens Live, and it seemed to imply that her and Emily are not in a good place. I don't know. I feel like they should really lean on each other. Then they sort of make up in this scene, but then Emily <laughs> Emily says to Gina, you know, I told you to fuck off earlier, and then while we were doing the beekeeping, you were leaning your head on my shoulder. And then Gina said a very misplaced joke. She said, she's used to the abuse, and then she laughed. And it was a very dark joke, and Emily's face said it all. She just was not laughing. Emily, I felt like, had one of those That's So Raven moments where it was like her eyes went wide. <laughs> she, just, she just saw into her future, and she thought, uh-oh, I shouldn't. I don't know it's, if I should laugh at this or not. Uh, but it was a very dark joke, and, and I certainly wasn't laughing. But Gina laughed. Gina laughed. Then we cut to everyone getting ready for dinner time. I wrote in my notes, what the fuck is Bronwyn wearing? 
There was a lot of fur going on, and I always hope to assume that it's faux fur. I don't know if it's fur or faux fur, but uh, Bronwyn seemed to be wearing some sort of fur thing, and I think Kelly maybe was at some point. I hope it's faux fur, but I loved Emily's look here. I thought Emily looked amazing. Kelly called Dr. Brian. Dr. Brian's always making a choo-choo joke. Every time he's on the phone, he's like, you know, Kelly, choo-choo. He's always doing the choo-choo joke. <laughs> then, meanwhile, at the other casita, uh, the other ones are getting ready. <laughs> the other ones. By the way, last week on the show, I, I had called them Trace Abuelas, and they had said that in the episode. Like, they called themselves the Trace Abuelas. And I know Trace Abuelas is the three grandmas, and not the Trace Amigas, which is the three friends. But they were calling themselves that. This episode, they called themselves the Trace Amigas. Shannon said they were all wearing the same pants with buttons, and Shannon was like, Trace Amigas with the Trace buttons! Ah! <laughs> and yeah, she was so proud of it. And meanwhile, Vicky said, and I quote, I'm getting brown circles under my eyes. What procedure do I need for that? And then Tamara rightfully said, you need to recover. You were up all night drinking. You're 57. I just love that Vicky is like, what procedure? And it's like, you were literally up all night. Like, we saw the footage of you up till 4 a.m. I'm in, I'm in my 30s, in my early 30s, and I cannot be up till 4 a.m. and not have big circles in her eyes. Vicky's 57 and she expects not to. These women really amaze me. Like, the drinking abilities of all these women. We're going to be talking about Dallas, but the amount that these women are drinking over 50 and... They're just going about their next day. I can't drink like that anymore. I wish I could get my tolerance up, and I say that all the time, but my tolerance is so low. If I have two glasses of wine the next day, I don't want to get out of bed. And these women are just chugging straight-up liquor all night, and then the next day they're filming. I don't get it. I don't get it. We saw that on Dallas with Deandra. Anyway, oh, and meanwhile, at that casita, the Trace Abuelas, or <laughs> the Trace Amigas, they say, where's baby? Where's baby? And they're referring to Gina, and Gina comes in, and she's like, ha ha, I'm right here! <laughs> and I thought they, uh, Bronwyn called her something, the little sister last week, and Gina got so upset, and here are these other women calling her the baby. It is just I, I, interesting that she's not mad at Tamara, Shannon, or Vicky for calling her the baby. They even said she needed a baby bottle. They just said, where's her baby bottle? Gina, though, I don't understand this. And we made a, might have talked about this before, but why does she look so good IRL? She looks so good in the scenes. And then in the confessionals, she looks so terrible with the hair and the makeup and everything. And the clothing, even. And I just don't understand where the disconnect was. So did she have a separate stylist for the confessionals? She must have, right? Or did she not use a stylist for one and use one for the other? She should have been more consistent, but it seems like a very large disconnect to me, and I don't understand how anyone let it happen. Anyone around her, the producers, the editors, cameramen, somebody should have stepped up and said, you know, we're not filming you in the confessionals like this. Go put on your outfit from the scene. You Go do your hair like you did in the scene, because it's such a huge disconnect. And traditionally, the housewives look better in the confessionals than they do in the scenes, because they have professional hair and makeup. And this is the opposite, and so it's shocking every time it happens. So everyone meets for dinner, they cheers, and apparently they're all cooking their own dinner. And every one of them said a hundred times, they said, I cook my own dinner at home. Why am I cooking my own dinner here? I had to hear that a thousand times. And every time Bronwyn was doing that laugh, like, <laughs> that laugh of Bronwyn, every time they said that same joke, I cook my dinner at home, what am I doing here? 
Oh my god. <laughs> the screeching, you guys. The screeching. We mentioned it last week. These women are screeching like no other franchise. They, their voices. Their voices. And who am I to judge? I told you last week. <sighs> anyway, the bartender, when they showed up, the bartender was showing them how to make a tequila drink. She was uh, 100% looked like Pamela Adlon. I don't know if you guys watch the show Better Things on FX, but the bartender, I swear, was a Pamela Adlon character. Or her on a hiatus. Because it looked exactly like her. It looked exactly like her. She taught him how to make tequila. The whole time, Kelly was just yelling out these 12-year-old boy sayings. So she says, one in the pink, one in the pink, one in this." Oh, wait, what was the Kelly? My Kelly impression is just Romy. One in the pink, one in the stink. And then she said, I'm MC Hammered. And then, you're peanut butter and jealous. She, she says that peanut butter and jealous a lot. <laughs> And it's such an immature thing, but I find it so endearing, and I love it so, so much. I love it so much. Kelly mentioned her college years, too, and I thought, she was probably so much fun in college, and also such a mess. (laughs) You know it. You know she was a mess. She was MC hammered all throughout those four years. All throughout those four years. So they're all drunk at this point. And then Gabe, the really cute uh, chef, he was gorgeous. Where's his spinoff? Get him on top, chef. He was teaching him knife skills, and Emily called out. She's like, I'm an attorney. You shouldn't be teaching us knife skills because we're not in that place. We're all drunk, and we all hate each other. So maybe don't pull out the knives. Maybe pack those knives and go, Gabe. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to pack those knives and go. Anyway, Emily, I mentioned last week Emily was an attorney, and I said, why? Why didn't Emily represent Gina? And I just had a stupid moment. I didn't even think and realize that Emily was a copyright lawyer. So, of course, she couldn't represent Gina. It was a stupid moment. Of course, many of you corrected me. But, uh, let's see. They learned some knife skills. Gina learns how to cut avocado. And Kelly says in her confessionals that Tamara's paying both sides. Because Tamara goes up to Kelly and she says, you know, I told Vicky this and that. And we know that Tamara's playing both sides. She always does. That's what Tamara does. And it makes for good TV, but like I said, I'm tired of it. We've seen it enough. Then they all eat. Shannon says, cheers to teamwork and making a salad. That's Tamara's cheers. And then that's when they, um, Kelly milks Broadway. That's when it happens. And it's a moment that we'll never forget and will forever be changed by. We have been changed, but not for good, in the words of the Wicked song. We have not been changed for good, because that's not something that we all needed to see. And that's when it's revealed that Kelly and Emily and Bronwyn in Vegas crushed a bunch of shit, and they put Vicky's face on a car and then destroyed it. And again, I would have liked to have seen that. And it's revealed that on social media, Kelly had said that Vicky's face had malfunctioned, which I remembered being a thing in social media a while back, and it was nice to see it on the screen because I totally forgot it happened. And then we have a breakthrough moment between Vicky and Kelly. All of a sudden, Kelly reveals that I only called you a pig, Vicky, because Slade did, and I knew it hurt your feelings, but I don't think that. That was a very mature moment out of Kelly. I thought, we have not seen that side of Kelly. She was crying through tears, and she says, I didn't mean it. I don't think you look like a pig. I only said that because I knew it would push your buttons and hurt your feelings. And we've seen this so many times. Kelly goes really low, and she does those things that are just going to hurt someone's feelings in the moment, and it definitely is too low. She like cuts way too low, or cuts way too hard, way too deep. And all the women say nasty things to each other, but I think Kelly really goes in for the kill. But this was the first time that I could recall Kelly saying, look, I only do that to hurt your feelings because I know it'll hurt your feelings. 
And then Vicky keeps saying, I surrender. I surrender. And I was wishing Vicky would say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because Vicky has done unspeakable things to Kelly Dodd as well. And she's not saying, I'm sorry. I think maybe she threw in a sorry there, but she mostly was saying, I surrender. Like she was fucking Celine Dion in the early mid nineties. Remember that Celine Dion song, Queen Icon Legend, singing I Surrender. Kelly Clarkson did it on American Idol. She did a cover that's flawless. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, Vicky just kept saying, I surrender. And I wanted her to say, I'm sorry. She has trouble saying that, I'm sorry. She says, I'll stop. I promise. I surrender. Kelly says, I don't do cocaine. I don't do a train. And I can go to her school. And I thought to myself, that should have been Kelly's tagline. Remember in season one, how they did the taglines that were just words from the season, sayings that they said in the season? That should have been Kelly's tagline. I don't do cocaine, I don't do a train, and I could go to her school. That should have been her season tagline. And Vicky says, I'm done, Kelly, I'm done. And they make a truce, they hug and they cry. And I was crying at home. I found myself in tears. I was crying. Tears were in my eyes because it seemed like such a beautiful, real moment. And I know it won't last. I don't even think it lasts next week. We saw in the preview for the mid-season trailer that they get in a fight again. And so I know it's not going to last long. But for now, I was crying. And that made me think, actually, I wonder what these shows would be like if I never saw a sneak preview. If I never saw a commercial if I didn't read the blogs, I'd be watching a different show. I feel like I'd be watching something that unfold in real time. And I don't know if that'd be better or worse, because I wouldn't be prepared for it. But I wonder what these shows would be like if you didn't have any background on them. They hug, they make up, and Kelly said, I've only had your back. And I thought, really? You called her a, a pig bee so many times. She called her a pig bitch so many times. I don't know if that's having her back. And then they do tequila shots. Shannon says, cheers to the miracles of Miraval. And that's when all hell breaks loose. And Tamara and Bronwyn back at the casitas, they get in the pool naked. Shannon says, there's two naked ladies in the pool. Tamara's always naked on these shows. We've seen it enough. Taylor Armstrong, enough. We've seen it. And look, again, I don't want to seem like I'm uh, trying to police women's bodies because that's the last thing I want to do. That's the last thing. Women should be able to do whatever they want with their bodies. And I salute that. So maybe I need to be looking at this differently. Maybe I need to say bravo, Tamara, for doing what you want. But it just seems like it's for it's a lot for attention. It's a lot for attention. And that's, I think, the problem we all have with it. It's like, okay, Tamara, you're doing this for a lot of attention. And, you know, that's what we want of a housewife on some level. We want them to do everything for attention. That's what we want. That That's what makes a good housewife. So maybe I need to flip my thinking on this, and I, that's something I'm going to be thinking about this week. Vicky says to Tamara, though, you need to stop that. You're a grandmother and a mother. And I think that's what a lot of us were shouting at home, and maybe we all need to rethink that point of view, that POV. But it's funny, Gina does say, go put on a bikini. We're four feet away from the room. It's not like they were skinny up in the ocean. They were literally at their rooms, their casitas, so put on a bathing suit. Put on a bathing suit. Then they all start talking about sex. Bronwyn reveals that she does threesomes for monumental birthdays. I fully support this. Although I don't think that I could do a threesome because I'm too much of a jealous person. And I would be feeling like the either everyone else was getting more attention than me. You know, that I would just be sad, I think. I'd be crying during the threesome because I would think, are they getting more attention? And then the only way I would like it is if both parties were worshipping me. And that's not a healthy place to be in. 
But I do support other people doing it if that's what they want to do. And it seems like it's working well for them, right? And Bronwyn seems to have it figured out great. She says the woman just goes, you know, and does the business on her. And then the husband just watches, which seems like uh, all involved, great thing. So I was happy about this. I was happy about it. I thought Bronwyn seems, you know, even with the tattoo, when it was revealed, she got all that the tat work on the back. I thought this is a Bronwyn I, I don't quite have figured out yet. Every time, every week, I think I got to figure it out. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I don't. That laugh, though. <laughs> oh. Bronwyn, Bronwyn, Bronwyn. Bronwyn does reveal those. She says, I'm definitely straight. And the whole time she's talking about these threesomes, Tamara's trying to get in on the mix, get in the mix. And Tamara, oh, I don't, there's something about this that works me out. And I, I don't know what it is. I'm happy for people exploring their sexuality. But the Tamara trying to hook up with, uh, you know what it reminds me of? And I think this is what irks me out about it is remember when Tamara used that woman who was actually a lesbian? I think she was a lesbian or bisexual. Remember that woman a few seasons back who before, I think it was before Eddie. Tamara was like sort of dating. It always felt like she used that woman for like a storyline or something. That was what I felt about it. And I think that woman had gone on in, in interviews and stuff to say that. But it was that woman a, a while back before Eddie that Tamara was like making out with. And it felt like Tamara was kind of just doing it for attention. And this other woman's, it was almost like she was using the person's sexuality as like a, a joke or a prop or a, a storyline or something. And so that made me mad. And so now when I see her doing this with Bronwyn, it makes me feel that same sort of way. And I wish these shows would have a bisexual or a lesbian housewife. It's about time. Come on already. It's like, come on. I don't understand this diversity on these shows. So come on, let's find someone. I don't, does Tamara, maybe Tamara identifies as bisexual. I don't know that. So forgive me. Anyway, the whole time I was making a face like you when you smell a fart. So when they were in the hot tub, that whole scene, I noticed I was making a face as if I just smelled a fart. That's how I was watching it. And so I, I don't know what that says about me, but that's the end of the episode. Next week, there is some stuff happening with Shannon's vagina. She's getting some work done on it. And then Kelly has some trouble with her mom. And then we get an appearance from an ex-housewife named Alexis Bellino. Of course, Alexis Jesus Jugs Bellino. Bellino. <laughs> Alexis, I had to go on Xanax for it, Lydia Bellino. Very excited for this appearance. I hated Jesus Jugs when she was on the show, on the program, but I'm very excited for her to return. She's in a scene with Emily, and I find it very interesting that she's returning because there's all this lawsuit stuff going on with the husband. I didn't read the details of it in the press, but I know there was some stuff, and I think he was like calling on other housewives like, Tamara and Shannon, maybe. I, I'm i not sure. I have to read the information on it. But it's interesting to me that Alexis is there because of I, I'm just excited to see it and where it goes. And I wonder if it's just one scene. You know, I love when an ex-housewife pops in, especially in Orange County. I think they do it the best because they have such a rich history of ex-housewives. So I'm very, I'm very excited about it. Very excited to see what's up with Alexis. Uh, Alexis Couture Bellino. Anyway, that's the episode of Orange County. I am going to talk about The Real Houses of Dallas. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll dive into Dallas. And I think this is how we're going to be doing the episodes from now on. We'll we'll do a joint episode for these shows, I think. I don't know. I change all the time. <laughs> anyway, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back and we'll talk Dallas. 
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Okay, the Real Houses of Dallas, we're still on vacation. The episode title was just called Worst Vacation Ever. And normally, if you look at these episode titles on The Real Housewives, they're very creative. And I thought, this is so uncreative, <laughs> non-creative. This is just truly, I thought, lazy. It was just titled Worst Vacation Ever. And I don't know if that was purposeful. I think Leanne said it at one point in the episode, so maybe that's what they were going for. But the episode title, I just thought, maybe we need to get a little bit more creative. I don't know. Maybe they don't have the resources for the Real Hustles of Dallas. Because that interview I did with Leanne last week, first of all, wasn't it a doozy? Second of all, she said something that made me think. She said they only got three confessional looks. And it almost made it seem like they were hoping for more or the other franchises get more. And I don't know if other franchises do get more. But the way that Leanne said it in the interview, I thought, oh, was that something? Like, maybe they have a lower budget or something? Uh, Maybe I'm reading into it. But that interview was something, wasn't it? Ooh, that was a wild ride. A wild ride. And I know some people love Leanne, some people do not like Leanne. And that's how it is every time I have a Bravo celebrity on. No matter who it is, I get so many different messages. And some of them are very upset by whoever I have on. And then some of them really love that person I have on. But it can be a little disconcerting sometimes because I know some people don't like that person and they, they are sure to let me know. And they're like, how dare you? People get really upset. They say, how dare you have that person on? 
no matter who it is, I get a, at least a couple messages of like, how dare you have that person on? And it's like, what are we all watching? We're watching, <laughs> watching these housewives and Vanderpump rules and Southern charm. Like the shows we're watching are trash, but I don't know. Some people think it's crossing a line certain times when you have a, some of the Bravo celebrities on. And it's just a fact of, of doing this kind of show. So I try to take it in stride, and I know some people have their fans, and then others have their enemies. But I like talking to these women and these cast members because I love seeing their POV and getting an inside look and getting to know them a little bit. And we learn so many things about the shows. So I love doing it, and I, I thought Leanne was so much fun to talk to. So I encourage everyone to go listen to that because there was a lot of stuff. There's a lot of tea as they say. Anyway, we open this episode with everyone kind of hungover, Deandra especially hungover. And I hate a hangover. I hate a hangover more than anything. And Deandra is just like so hungover because we saw how drunk she was last week. And I don't know what it was, but this week, and I hate to even say this, but I was starting to like Deandra a little bit. Normally, I love watching Deandra and especially the Mama D stuff, but this was a week where I thought, um, do I kind of, am I sort of enjoying Deandra? And maybe it was the hangover and the drunk from last week, but I was really kind of enjoying her. I was, even without Mama D. Even without Mama D. And the her whole vibe this whole episode was like, I don't give a fuck, I'm hungover. And maybe that's it too. I feel like we've all been there. When I'm hungover, I'm truly the my true self and I say things I would never say ordinarily. I've recorded this podcast a couple times hungover, and every time I've done it hungover, the messages I get are like, You're, that's your best episode, because <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You know, I try to keep it nice normally, but when I'm hungover, it's like, I'll say whatever. Who cares? And that's the whole vibe when you're hungover. It's like, I don't give a fuck about anything. You'll say and do whatever. It's like trying to get through the day. You're just trying to survive the day. So whatever comes out of your mouth, who cares? Anyway, I felt like that was Deandra's vibe the whole time. So then Steph is still mad at Cameron for calling Brandy trash. Deandra said she doesn't remember anything. Leanne. They were all talking hungover, and Leanne said something. I think this was to Cameron. She said, when I was in the carnival. And anytime Leanne starts a sentence like that, I get so happy because it's just a reminder that it's like, these women come from all walks of life. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's a beautiful thing. And then Leanne, Leanne was actually sticking up for Brandy. And I noticed this in my interview with her last week. It seemed like... She was sticking up for Brandy quite a bit about the trash thing. And I wonder if that, if her and Brandy are on good terms right now. It seemed like that to me. And then also it seemed like her and Cameron are not on good terms, which is interesting. Anyway, then Carrie comes in and she tells everyone they're having a beach day. Carrie's making everyone in here to schedule on this vacation. And I find Carrie exhausting. And I don't know if it's in a fun way. Like, I don't know if I love to hate her in the housewivey kind of way, or if I just dislike Carrie, because she seems really obnoxious to me. And she seems rude. And also, on a vacation, like, I don't want to adhere to any sort of schedule. It's fun to have activities to go to, but the way she was going about it just seemed a little bit intense for me. And I wouldn't have liked it if I was on this vacation. I'd be like, leave me the fuck alone. I'm going to sit at the beach which was what Leanne was doing. But Leanne was also going about it in a wrong way, I thought. But Carrie was just being so aggressive about everything, making them do the fucking stairs, and then they had to go to the mud hut. Like, I'll go wipe myself in mud if I want to. Give me the option, but don't force it on me. So they go to the sweat lodge with Debbie the shaman, and at first it's Deandra, Steph, and Carrie, and then Cameron and Brandy go in. Leanne doesn't do the sweat uh, mud lodge. And I know this is unrelated, but when they said shaman, I thought of when people do ayahuasca. I don't know if you guys are familiar with ayahuasca. It's like a drug where you have to have a shaman or or someone 
administer it. And then it's like an overnight thing you do in a tent sometimes. I've never done it. I would never, ever do it because I think it would drive me. Apparently, like, you get really anxious and it's like a, you, you get crazy. You get crazy, but then you're supposed to feel better afterwards or something like that. I watched a documentary on it. But I don't know that I could handle, like, the anxiety of, of the drug. But apparently, you feel really good afterwards. Anyway, I was thinking, wouldn't it be so fun if these women were doing ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. I would love to see a housewife do an ayahuasca trip. That's something that would be so fun to see on these shows. And I don't know if any of them would do it, but I feel like somewhere down the line, we have to find some housewives who would do ayahuasca. I feel like on Beverly Hills, maybe like Brandy would do it. Some of the more outrageous housewives, Brandy's not a housewife anymore, but we need to get some of the more outrageous housewives to do ayahuasca, because I feel like that would be an amazing episode. So producers, if you're listening, talk to your cast and see if any of them would be willing to do ayahuasca. I don't know that it's legal. It might not be in the US, but maybe it is in some other countries, and we need to get them to those countries and see them do it. Look, the Dallas ratings are not good. So maybe that's where we need to send these women next season. If there is a next season, I don't know if you keep up with the ratings, but the ratings are not good. I talked to Leanne about it last week, and she said the ratings are steady, so that's a good thing. But uh, they're not great, you guys. And I don't know what it is. Why does everyone watch something like Beverly Hills? The ratings are through the roof, and then Dallas is good, and no one's watching it. So uh, I can't figure it out. But maybe they need to get them to do ayahuasca instead of going into mud tent. That would spice things up a little bit. They all had to cover themselves in mud. That would make me a little bit anxious. I I know everything makes me anxious, but covering myself in mud just seems a little bit... I don't like being dirty. (laughs) I don't like being covered in dirt or anything like that. I go hiking sometimes, and there's like dirt that comes up like right below the knee. It really stresses me out. Like It really stresses me out when I have dirt below the knee. Anyway, uh, yeah, Deandra's growing on me a little bit. They all sit and they say what they want. Deandra said she wants better relationships. Stephanie cries, and I started crying too. She talks more about her depression, and every week she's opening up more and more about her mental health, and I think it's such an amazing thing. Seeing it makes me feel like so connected to Stephanie, and it seems real. It doesn't seem like put upon or or like she's just saying it for the show. It seems like a real thing for her, and and I don't know about you guys who suffer, but I feel like I can relate to some of the things she's saying, and... I think it's so important that she's doing this and saying it, and I just applaud that. And I love Stephanie. She's a, a queen icon and legend. I love her so much. I feel so like protective of Stephanie in a weird way that I don't feel with other housewives. I just want all good things for her. I want everything good for Stephanie, and I better not see anything bad coming at Stephanie. If I see these women coming after Stephanie, I'm not going to be happy. Okay, I hope they're listening. Just be careful. <laughs> Not that, that that sounded like a threat. I didn't mean I'm, <laughs> I won't really do anything, but I just want them to be nice to Stephanie. Then we cut to Brandy and Cameron trying to talk while Leanne sulks. Leanne hates this trip. She said she hates the trip, but Cameron says that everyone was attacking her. And then her and Brandy go and they have their own conversation. They leave Leanne and then Leanne eventually like goes over there when she sees one of them crying and she starts to stick up for Cam because she sees Cam crying. And then they're like, get out of here. And then Leanne exits. And it was so funny. I mean, Leanne really hated this, you guys. Leanne really hated this trip. She went back to her own little solo chair and she said, the entire time they're crying and making up, it's fucking dumb. It's childish. Worst trip ever. I got a flesh-eating bacteria when last time I was in Mexico and this is worse. Like, Leanne. <laughs> she's 
Remember when she got the flesh-eating bacteria? I shouldn't laugh, but she said it. It was so funny when she said it. She's like, this is the worst trip ever. I got a flesh-eating bacteria last time, and this is worse. <laughs> and meanwhile, it was like, there's no real... Okay, here's the thing that was making me laugh. The, nothing about this trip was that bad. It didn't seem, as as far as the viewer was concerned, like, it seemed like they maybe had a little arguments. Of course, Cam threw a napkin, and uh, that was it. They had to do a little exercise. But for the most part, this trip seemed pretty easy-breezy. <laughs> they had little arguments, but for the most part, it seemed fun. It seemed like a great location. I know they have, there was a windy road to get there, but that was about it. And... Then Leanne's on screen every second of this trip saying how bad this vacation was. And it felt a little bit to me like she was just saying that to like convince the viewer that it was a really bad vacation, so we'd think it was dramatic. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It's like, she was trying to convince us that this was a really terrible vacation. But I'm watching, I'm thinking, this doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, Carrie's like annoying as fuck, but otherwise, yeah, they're exercising, they're laying at the beach, they're having dinners. The worst drama was, like, Deandra got too drunk, and then Cameron threw a napkin. It was like, that's the worst of it. But every time Leanne was on screen, this is the worst vacation ever. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't seem like it. Maybe you're trying to convince us of that. And she convinced me of it, too, by the way. It was good convincing. Because part of the way through this episode, I was thinking, this is the worst vacation ever. Leanne's right. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. But I believe that a flushing bacteria is a way worse vacation than this one. But what do I know? Anyway, then we cut to Cameron and Brandy doing the mud hut. Cameron was being so funny. She said, I guess this was like a spa in the olden days, she said to the shaman. And then she said she doesn't know about a sauna, but she, because she usually likes a steam room. <laughs> I love Cam, you guys. I know a lot of people do not like her, but I love her. And what I noticed with Cam is she's very nice to the people, the workers, even when she was trying to get the flower. She's very polite. And I noticed this when she came over for the interview. I found her to be like overly polite and kind and nice. And she's very bubbly and and like she maybe says things that are a little, uh, would come across as maybe a little bit dumb. But I find her so endearing. And I think she's really nice to people in general. And yeah, she has a lot of money and she's got this air about her that is a little hoity toity or something. Or not even hoity toity, but like, you know, she's, she's wealthier than a lot of us. <laughs> Definitely wealthier than me, but she is nice, I think. And we see that with the workers. I noticed that with her. She's overly polite, I thought. And I just love her. I love her. Then we see all the other girls, they get together on the beach. Leanne didn't go into the mud hut. And Leanne starts telling everyone about how her mom abandoned her. And Deandra, again, was just too hungover. She was not interested. You could just see in her face, she was saying it all. She's like, I don't fucking care. And that made me laugh so hard. It was like, Deandra's face. Deandra's face. Uh, and then they all go to shower together. And while they were showering, there was like this little clip of them all showering together after the beach and the mud huts. And Leanne was showing everyone her bottom half, if you know what I mean. And then that became like a running gag throughout the whole episode, the rest of the episode about who's, I forgive my language, but who's pussier was hairier. Not pussier. Who's, that's a hard phrase to say. Whose pussy was hairier? I don't like saying those words, you guys. I don't like saying I'm just reporting the facts. That's what they were calling it. But that's what they were arguing about. It was, it was whether or not Deandra's V is hairier than Leanne's V. And look, between all of the things happening on Real Houses this weekend, I just felt like I was in some sort of haze. 
And I thought, I really need to get some some men on screen. I need to get some hot men on screen because I'm just seeing a lot of women's naked bodies. And it's just a lot for a gay person to handle. And again, I'm very happy with women's bodies. It's just, I thought, you know what, I need to see a dick or something because I'm seeing too many boobs, too many Vs on all of these shows right back to back. Back to back, Orange County in Dallas was like, back to back, I'm seeing so much body parts on women. I'm like, I just need to see a dick. And look, I need to see a dick every day. It's always a good thing to see a dick, in my opinion. But it was just a lot of women body parts that I thought, we need to flip this around a little bit. It's a lot. It's a lot. So they all argue about that. It's revealed that Deandra's is hairier. So I just want to update everyone that's what's revealed. Then they all go to dinner. Leanne and Brandy start arguing in the car. This is their last dinner in Correas. And Cameron's hungry. She says, I'm six foot tall. I need a lot of food. And I would agree with that. I'm 6'3", and tall people need more food. And I get in this argument a lot with people. We need more food. We have more body to cover. And so, I do agree with this. She needs food right away. Get her some food. She was loving that spaghetti. She got the Mexican spaghetti. She's like, it was the best. Cameron was in her own little world. She was just enjoying that Mexican spaghetti. Spaghetti. With lots of cheese, she said. Lots of extra queso, she told him. Anyway... Carrie even ran the toast at dinner. That was bugging me. Carrie's very alpha, and maybe, I don't know if that's bugging me. It makes for a good housewife, I think, but it was annoying me. So then Leanne and Brandy take a walk on the beach, and it was funny. While they were taking a walk on the beach, the other girls were at the table, and they started cheersing. Carrie was like, Cameron, I just want you to let you know how fun you are, how lovely you are, how great you are, and how easy breezy you are. And right as they're saying that, they're all agreeing, and then Cameron's like, you know what, Stephanie, I'm mad at you. It was just such an opposite of what they were saying about Cam. It was like, actually, Cam, you're not being easy breezy as they're calling you it because you're bringing up something about Stephanie. Then Brandy and Leanne argue. Brandy says that Leanne lives in the past. And Leanne starts talking about her suicide attempts again, which I think is so brave to talk about uh, that it's a very serious issue. And I think it helps a lot of people hearing other people talk about it. And then they argue about what they've been through. You know, Brandy said earlier in the episode, no one used to want to come to her house. She lived in the trailer. And Brandy says, look, Leanne, I know everything about you. And Leanne says, when's my period? When's my period? And Ah, you guys, these shows are crazy. (laughs) What are we watching? What are we watching? What are we watching? Then they uh, eventually, uh, they don't really make up, but they don't fight more. They just go back to the table. And Leanne says to everyone at the table, do I want people to pity me? She says, Brandy said, everyone uh, says, I want people to pity me. And Deandra, without missing a beat, says no. And then in her confessional, she says yes. (laughs) Deandra is very two-faced in the confessionals versus what she says in person. I've noticed that ever since Deandra's been on the scene. And I think that's something I didn't like about Deandra, but it was really funny in this episode. She says, yes. (laughs) Then Deandra and Leanne start to argue. Deandra said she hasn't been invited to the wedding. And this was something interesting I picked up on. Normally, when a housewife or someone on these shows is getting married, ordinarily, the whole season, they're edited really well, right? If you think about any of the Vanderpump kids or Real Housewives, whenever they're getting married that season, leading up to the wedding, they're edited really well, because then usually the season centers around them and they want the wedding to be highly rated. Weddings on television are very highly rated on reality TV. I don't know if you guys know this, but wedding episodes are usually the highest rated episodes. So typically, I've noticed, whether it's Katie and Tom or 
or even Sheena or something. Like, usually, uh, Vanderpump Rules, I'm trying to think. Did they edit them all? I feel like on Housewives, Tamara, remember when Tamara got married? They usually present them in a good light, but I feel like they're presenting Leanne in a terrible light this season. I think she looks probably the worst of everyone, and it's her wedding season. So I found that very interesting. And maybe it'll flip on us, but I found it interesting. Then Leanne says to the table something about uh, how her thing is to win and my thing is to survive. And then at the end of the day, someone's going to get eaten by a dinosaur. She says, I promise you, I'm not going to get eaten by a dinosaur. I'm not going to. Uh, someone's going to get eaten by a dinosaur. It's not going to be me. I'm not going to get eaten by a dinosaur. And no one knew what the fuck she was saying. No one. No one knew what the fuck Leanne was saying about getting eaten by a dinosaur. What dinosaur? <laughs> what dinosaur, Leanne? I don't know what dinosaur she was talking about, but she said someone's going to get eaten by a dinosaur. And that's an episode I'd like to see of this show. Let's send them to Jurassic World or something. I, I don't think dinosaurs... I mean, I know dinosaurs don't exist, exist but maybe it would be interesting. Here's a pitch. What if we took these women and we put them on an, we said that we told them they're going on a vacation. Uh, follow me for a second. We tell the women they're going on a vacation to some island. And then we have like special effects people on the island, like creating dinosaurs. But we don't tell the women that. Could you imagine? Like we put them on an island like fucking lost. And we just, we create a smoke monster or dinosaurs. We call up Jim Henson to have him create some dinosaurs for the island. And we don't tell the women that they're fake. So we just have the women slowly be exposed to and discover these dinosaurs that aren't real. Because I feel like a lot of them would believe it. Could you imagine? That's a show. That's a show. We need to start up in the production value. The ratings are bad in Dallas. We need to start thinking outside the box. Let's get them on a... Uh, Skull Island or whatever, uh, Jurassic Island, Jurassic Park. Let's put them in a Jurassic Park and see what happens. All bets are off. Throw some cameras around and fire up the dinos. Let's see what uh, Cameron does in that situation. And that'll be good TV. The ratings will go up. Nowhere to go but up. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Cameron just wanted to enjoy that Mexican spaghetti. And then Carrie, of course, ended the episode with giving Deandra jewelry from her jewelry line for a birthday gift, which was... Eh, really? Next week is the circus-themed lingerie party. And then more stuff with Deandra and the business. Lots going on. Now, that was the episode. I want to thank you all for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny, Cameo.com slash Danny Pellegrino. I turn it off on the weekends. If you want t-shirts, we have those limited edition uh, Craig's Dog Bethany t-shirts available at everythingiconic.threadless.com. Everythingiconic.threadless.com. There's all sorts of t-shirts. There's Queen Icon Legend shirts that I just love. And there's t-shirts with all these Bravo quotes, all sorts of stuff over there. And then on Patreon, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash everythingiconic. If you donate $4 more per month, you get the bonus episodes. More importantly, you help support this podcast. Thank you. And I'm doing one bonus episode a month. One bonus. But more importantly, the money is just to support the show. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with recaps. And subscribe so you don't miss the episodes. Last week, we had four episodes. I'm trying to cut back to one or two per week. Just letting everyone know. We're going to be covering Dallas and Orange County going forward. And then... Uh, and then New Jersey and Atlanta, I think we're going to cover as they start in November. So let's do a little cool down. Let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in and think of your favorite vacation, a vacation moment. Breathe out. Just maybe pull up some pictures from a recent vacation you had that really made you happy and smile. And just think about a great time you had with friends or family. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. I love you all so much. Be kind to one another and uh, have a great week and weekend. Bye-bye.